We'll get to the blue wave in a minute, but um, can we talk about some frivolous stuff first? Let's do that. Okay. So I'm going to pull forward my chef special. I think that's the finance term. You can tell me if I, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Can you, is, is this, is this allowed? Can we do this? I mean, I, 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 if, if we can redefine what it means to be an eligible voter, um, I think I can move stuff around on <laughs> okay, a show that I, I 30% own as, as well. Well, it's, it's still being negotiated, but we can, we'll, we'll come, we'll come back. To you've that. got the domain. You could, you could pull the rug out from under me. You could just redirect this to fucking, mm-hmm. um, anything you want. Yeah. All that Casper money. Hmm. Well, we're going to get to internet <laughs> products eventually. Um, yeah. I, um, so uh, can I can I interrupt your your crazy chef's corner here at the beginning? Sure. Uh, was I was it's in uh, our favorite part of San Francisco over the weekend, Hayes Valley. Oh, my old mild. Yeah, yeah. It just you know it, when you're on Hayes Street there, mm-hmm. it's just it's just it's amazing. No, like, it's you look you you look over your shoulder. There's a way. You turn around. There's Timbuktu. I mean, it's just like. It's we, just a <laughs> plethora of okay. online retailers. Can we make this like a choose your own adventure and people can, you can put chapters in here. Cause I, I want to talk about this, but I still want to push this away for a second <laughs> because I have a lot. So can, can you make a note that we get back to this? Cause I'm going to forget. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll quite literally come back to that. Okay. You, you put a note down cause I really want to talk about this, but I, I got to get my thing out. Okay. Um, so yeah, so is pull forward the term? Uh, it is now is it not is that not a uh, sure it's i mean it's your it's your show so it's fine well it's 30 percent your up? show your words that's not a term i made up right uh it it's i don't know it sounds like one of those like lame corporate sayings i don't think it's like a biz dev douche term <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll 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 whiteboard it you know we'll do some brainstorming mm. i'll find I'll, I'll find some time in your calendar <laughs> Oh, you're going to put an event on my calendar because <laughs> you found out it's a free time. Um, yeah. get, we're not going to talk about it. This, this happens every every third episode where we don't actually talk about anything. I cannot, ever since I got back from Europe, I can't get my fucking work Gmail back off of uh, GMT. And I've tried everything. And it's really, really? messing really? with my brain. It won't stop saying I'm getting emails at 8 p.m. It, like early in the morning. And it's really frustrating. I went into, I tried doing the Google Calendar trick of changing my time zone there. It will not fix itself, and it's really upsetting. I don't. I didn't have that issue when when I went over there. Yeah. So I I miss Exchange. Google Apps at work is kind of a mess. Um, because I don't use Google Docs, so I get nothing out of that. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Google spam filters are good though. That's about it. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to pull forward my, my show special, <laughs> um, and bring up a show I like, uh, and we'll go from there. So, you know, how Netflix does 8,000 original series a year. I think it's, I think it's up to like 11,000 now, but yeah, actually I'm not even joking. I, th- I could have sworn that they said they wanted a thousand original series by the end of 2019. You, you could have literally said any number and i would have probably been like yeah yeah it sounds about right but but this is not fake like i'm I'm literally not joking i think it is a thousand you're not you're not jim acosta this isn't fake news that (laughs) okay sorry i i'm really i'm really trying to distract you here did you hear that he assaulted that intern Uh, i i did yeah but there's plenty of video and pictures that seem to indicate that he didn't but anyway it's almost like when with a room full of cameras you you can still redefine what the truth (laughs) is and nobody cares 
Mm-hmm. Barbaro had a tweet earlier today where he said the truth still matters, and I really wanted to reply back, uh, fact check. I'm not sure it does. <laughs> um, chef's special. So mm-hmm. there's a good show. So th- like Netflix is that a weird thing where they've, they've tried like five different um, like talk shows or like late night things that happen weekly. And Netflix is a weird platform to have um, like scheduled content. But there's a new one where do you watch The Daily Show ever since um, Jon Stewart left? I haven't. But I even before Jon Stewart left, I just late night shows like that are just aren't something that um, fit in my schedule anymore. I gotcha. Well, so I, I'm not a huge fan of new uh, Trevor Noah um, Daily Show. Like I like Trevor Noah, and I liked the Daily Show, but the new mix—it's just—it's—it's it's way too millennial focused for me. Like I, I'm just not in that audience, so I don't—I don't get most of it. But there was a comedian on there, or, or a, a comedian, entertainer, activist, like whatever, uh, Hassan Minaj, who has a really good. I actually think it's been a previous. Um, chef's pick uh he had a good netflix comedy special called uh homecoming king that was fantastic people should go watch that but now he has a new weekly program that comes out on sunday nights called patriot act where it's 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 very similar to like a a last week tonight and kind of the usual um like a, a more focused and longer form version of like the daily show but this one's very very good so the reason I bring it up, though, that's relevant to this this show and like T-word stuff is that this week's episode was about Amazon and kind of the problematic um, nature of that company and kind of what they do to cities and employees and stuff like that. Uh, but he brought it up. and I'm going to send you a link and I'm going to ask that you actually find a way to extract the audio and put this in the show because it's only 30 seconds, but you, you should watch this. And it's a, it's a Taco Bell commercial from 2001 that has uh, Jeff Bezos as... Um, the person there, he's in, he's in an Amazon boardroom around a bunch of um, product managers and stuff like that. And they're showing him, I don't know if it's the crunch wrap or if it's a, some type of quesadilla or something, but he seems very, very enamored with the idea of this product. So two, this is 2001. Yeah. So this is like early days of Amazon? No. So Amazon came out or, or was, a um, what's the term? I found it and started in, I think, 1994 or 96. So I think oh, this wow. is when okay. Amazon was actually still, like, it was still mostly books and, like, they, they weren't doing any of the, like, the wacky, like, voice assistant and Prime Now or any of that there kind of was, stuff. But they, they there were was still, no, a, no AWS. No, it's before they owned the internet. <laughs> and that's actually one good thing that um, on Patriot Act they talk about is kind of most people just don't understand that the vast majority of the plumbing, plumbing of the internet kind of runs through Amazon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, Yeah. So very, very few companies have the luxury of actually not being on Amazon, even when you compare it to Azure and all those other cloud products. It's it's not even close. I think it's like 53% of it, of, of all cloud computing time, runs through AWS. So anyway, so yeah. So hopefully, please put that 30 seconds in there, because it's worth listening to. But I, I bring this up for a couple of observations. One, if you compare that to the... If you compare this uh, Jeff Bezos compared to Swole Bezos, um, <laughs> like... 15 years does a lot to a person. Like he has yeah, aged you're, you're, in reverse you're, or you're, you're telling me, you know what you, you can go, <laughs> you probably make way fewer noises when you, when you walk around your, your knees just aren't having shriveled up to dust. The, the, the lady friend would say otherwise, but <laughs> she, she brings it up whenever you just like, just, yeah, you sound like a bag of bones. 
Um, was not about you. So yeah, so so uh, nerdy Jeff Bezos in a sweater here compared to Swole Bezos. It's 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 a very different look and appeal. Um, but yeah, so I bring this up because it's it's a for this particular show it crosses on two of the things we talk about most, which is Amazon and also Taco Bell. Mm. So I'm gonna uh-huh. so I'm gonna bring this up. T, t word T word stuff. If if you catch. Oh uh, yeah, T squared. Yeah, t, uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, so the reason I bring this up for a few reasons because one, I don't want to talk about the election just yet, and that's kind of all that's been in my head. And I and I sadly stayed up until like one a.m. watching election night results. Um, I made the mistake, and you were smarter about this. You, you watched. <laughs> I actually, I'm not sure who had a better night. You, you, I think you were watching uh, hockey. Did yeah, I mostly. Yeah, yeah. They, the Sharks did win. Yeah, I watched a little bit of ABC News early in the evening. Kind of switched the TV over to the Sharks game, and then you know had the iPad out and was doing the you know five thirty eight slash Twitter thing, and that that mostly served me pretty well. The TV t- TV news is bad, but we don't I guess we don't need to go down that road so tv news is good sorry it's not good but it's it's useful it for the immediacy of it and i do appreciate that but no you had you early in the night helped me out by by pointing out because i normally ignore the 538 live blogs or live blogs of anything but 538 is actually really good it's 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 really really good yeah, yeah. so it, most people should give that a shot like it, it's it's one of the few things that's worthwhile because live blogs for me conjures up things of like Engadget covering iPod socks being released, <laughs> which I remember in high school yearbook class refreshing that page. Oh yeah, because I wanted to know what the iPod Hi-Fi was doing. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before. Yes. Um, was it so? Yeah. So you want to? You want to? You want to? You want to start the show? No, no. This is. I think this is totally fine. I think this is. This is. This is what the. This is what people. This, this is what for? real America wants. Mm, the yeah. uh okay i've got it yeah, yeah. uh-huh uh-huh um so yeah so taco bells <laughs> that's why um it ends up being a theme on this show so a few things that i got stuck down a rabbit hole after i found this or i saw this um 15 year old jeff bezos ad uh did you know that taco bell's headquarters is in irvine i did know that yeah it's right right off the freeway down there right by the uh irvine spectrum one of your one of your favorite spots Oh yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> no. Um I know you spent a lot of time there in your youth. Yeah, the, the, at the Sanrio store and um the what? Is it it's don't they have a Sanrio or a Hello Kitty store? And yeah, I n- I never I, I never never was I don't know big... what Sanrio is. Sanrio is the um I look Hello Kitty and the the Bad Bats Maru. That's a thing, isn't it? Sanrio. Yeah, this is this is definitely a thing. So yeah, so it's the Hello Kitty company, uh, okay. based out of Shinagawa, Tokyo, Japan. The the official home of Hello Kitty and Friends. Mm-hmm. 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 And Friends. Okay. Hmm. Um, I don't know who Hello Kitty's friends are, but we can we can come back to that maybe. Again, it's it's Bad Bats Maru. <laughs> what what's happened to the show? I'm not sure it was ever good. Um, <laughs> You know, I think I think that's where most entertainment gets into problems, where they 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 have these illusions that it was at one point good. Got that's it. How okay. we end up? That's how we end up with season five of Arrested Development. They just mm. keep making it. <laughs> oh, yikes! Yeah, and twenty eighteen, me doesn't care anymore. Um, so yeah, Taco Bell's is headquartered in Irvine. They have the Live Moss Scholarship, 
which is actually kind of a cool thing. So I, I can't knock that. But that brought me to, uh, and you can put this in the show notes, if you go to uh, livingmoss.com. Mm-hmm. A, is this can I is this safe? Can oh, this I... is totally safe for work. This would get through every every proxy <laughs> or every okay. work content filter. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, livingmoss.com is a, a fan site and news and information on everything Taco Bell. So well, new, news in all capital letters. Don't forget that. Mm-hmm. And they have the accent mark appropriately over where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So I bring this up for a couple of things because I, I went 10 pages into posts on this because it just every page there was always something good there. Um, so first, there is a Taco Bell apparently has a caramel apple freeze and it's the perfect treat to eat this fall. Um, so wait, wait, what? Yeah, I, I brought this up uh, or the reason I first put this into the thing as a note to talk about is that it was it it was green so it looked very much up your alley Hmm. yeah this is this is a cross-section of my favorite cover color mixed with i don't know i kind of have a bit of an affinity for like weird food and drink items well you're 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 a dunking person so Mm -hmm. you kind of have to be yeah new caramel apple freeze is the perfect treat to eat this fall Mm. well that's what you said and I enjoy the, the 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 passion and the voice with which this writer um, writes <laughs> or, or or chronicles his favorite company. So that's good. But um, so also, uh, I'm just going to keep keep posting these. Uh, Taco Bell is testing Frosé at two cantina locations. Is one of them San Francisco? No. So in Southern California and in oh. uh, Chi Town, uh, you can pair your naked chicken chalupa, which apparently is a thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Where? In in Chi Town, you visit so you visit Chicago once and you get to call it Chi Town. No, I'm saying I'm saying that ironically because I really don't think anybody other than Kanye West calls it Chi Town. Hmm. Mm. Oh, how did, did, how he, did he, you know that he calls it Chi Town? Oh, because because I'm I'm a big yay head, or or, or I, I have I have many <laughs> I have many pairs of Yeezys. Um, oh no. I I I talk to young people. I know what Yeezys are. They're three hundred dollar Adidas shoes that allegedly he makes, but they're all. Yeah, they're about as authentic as Trump ties. So it's <laughs> a that's a great Twitter follow. <laughs> oh, I didn't I didn't even mean that. But yeah, and now that Darth's hibernating, I think that's all we have. Oh, rest rest easy. Yeah, like uh, old, we old talked buddy. about this offline online, but yeah, it's a real bummer that Jeff Sessions decided to hand in his rest or was sorry was um, coerced into resigning uh, for being a, a feckless person who's not loyal to the president. Um, right after Darth, maybe that's why they waited. They didn't want him to meme Did the put thing. Put him in the meme, yeah, yeah, Could next be. to Spicer with his fridge. Um, so yeah, <laughs> or so Christy, Christy sitting in the beach chair. I like that too. Yeah. Um, and then and what's what's his name? Papadopoulos with the lattes. Mm, that's pretty good too. Um, the the one the one part that was upsetting about ABC's coverage, and it's actually one of the reasons I just ended up switching over to the hockey game. Mm-hmm. They had Chris Christie on. Like get get that fucking guy off TV. Why why is he on your political night coverage? Well, why it, does that's, um? It's uh, it's awful. Well, actually, I was gonna say I was gonna give a, a, a suggestion of a Fox News commentator and be like, but that's not really a. Um, but yeah, Fox News employs Corey Lewandowski. Well, yeah, I mean CNN has him on like every other day, and it's like get this fucking guy off your network. Like, ugh, very frustrating. Anyway. Mm-hmm. The uh, caramel apple freeze. Let's so, talk yeah, more so, about that. So, Frosé. 
So or Froze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that so that's a thing. So two cantina locations are getting that. But but going back to again, uh other stuff that kind of crosses over with what we talk about this show. Uh one of the least favorite places of mine in the entire United States is Las Vegas. And Las Vegas is getting a second uh Taco Bell Cantina location. Which Did we'll we go- talk about this online online or online offline that I've I've been to the Las Vegas? I'm pretty sure you did, and then that's why we talked about Taco Bell weddings for an hour. That's right, we did. We talked about Dan Riker. That's right. Um, Don't know who that is. He he was the guy who got married there. He was the, the fir- him and him and his wife Bianca were the first couple married at the uh, Las Vegas Taco Bell Cantina. Yeah. Also on this website, I didn't save the link for it, but apparently there's a Taco Bell Marriage 2.0 like fun pack. Mm, so 2.0. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so that's a thing. So is that like marriage spelled with like without one of the R's or something? It's got an accent mark challenging you to live moss. Um, is the is the a like an at sign i don't think that's what they do it's not mountain dew although i think taco bell has a mountain dew crossover thing for for gamers yeah well no i don't think it's that but i think taco bell has flavors that are exclusive to its restaurants or it's it's cantinas as you would say maybe uh there was one of those in chicago and i was really tempted to go in but then i was like no this is this is not what i need to a cantina Mm-hmm. There's one right in San Francisco. You don't you don't need to go to Chicago for that. Yeah, but I don't, I don't need it. But there's so many good things, and there's so many good things everywhere. That's just don't. <laughs> I think it's been literally a decade since I've gone in, and I and I always get tempted by um, all the wacky stuff they're doing, but it seems to be not very good. And then rounding this out before we talk about serious stuff, um, I, this was just this this because LeBron went to the Lakers. Uh, this headline really made me happy. Uh, this week in Taco Bell, LeBron is now zero for six in chances to win America free tacos. So, really phoning it in LeBron. So, oh, this is oh, where this yeah, is back the, when the Warriors the road were team. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he was. They were not stealing games on the road, so yeah. therefore, no free tacos. Got it. Um. So let's pivot, or let me let's let's mm-hmm. let's get out of here. Well, actually, so you you are a Taco Bell. You you don't actively dislike it i don't think it's your favorite food have you ever because this I, I was researching this stuff for a while i didn't want to yeah um have you ever been to the taco bell on the beach in pacifica i have yes fun, is that a fun experience uh sure yeah it's novel yeah like it's i, I think it's closed now though no it's definitely there the last time i was driving down highway one to santa cruz i, I saw it and it was, it was totally when, there. when was that though um april yeah i think it i think it might have closed recently i would check again alexa um, no oh, i forgot to mute her um, <laughs> that's a poorly timed joke pacifica taco bell beach i think i heard something about it closing nope still there closes at okay. 11 o'clock oh, oh wait, i can probably still get there <laughs> um so yeah, so that that's a thing. So anyway, yeah, it's, um, it's fine. It, it's it's literally on the beach. I mean, you you just you walk up from the sand, and there's like a little platform, and it's mm-hmm. you know it's right there. Yeah. So anyway, Taco Bell. I mean, I, I I appreciate the company has this fun as much fun as they do. Um, yeah, people are too serious. Like Chipotle, they keep. I, I get upset every time I walk by the Trader Joe's, uh, and there's a Chipotle right next to it that says Chorizo is back for a limited time. Chorizo didn't need to go anywhere. Just simplify your menu. Stop trying to fix things because you gave everybody e coli for a, a month i've never tried the chorizo and i've never tried the queso i'm kind of a uh chipotle originalist as as you would say yeah 
so that's a perfect way to pivot to um, politics. Uh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea where I'm going with this. Do you? Uh, did you see the thing where Ted Cruz just talks about queso for a minute and a half? I I kind of try not to listen or watch anything that Ted Cruz does. So, so no. God bless Texas. So Ugh. he just talks really earnestly in the in like the bullshit Ted Cruz kind of way, or he just tries to act like he like just like there's some profundity that doesn't actually exist in something, and he's like, yeah, like queso, queso is like Texas, and it's all about family, and it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It's it's a it's it's a very upsetting but slightly rewarding minute and a half. So people should go look that up on YouTube. I'm not. I'm not going to put that in the notes. I, I. I think I still have a login to the CMS, so I'm going <laughs> to stick it in there. Um, yeah. So, fuck. So let's talk about Tuesday night. Hmm. The blue wave. So I'm struggling with this because you you kept because uh, we, we were chatting about this and you kept talking about it being a so so night, and I I'm struggling with this because a lot of it is kind of institutional stuff where. Like turnout was higher, and in a lot of places, uh, the Democrats or the left did get a lot of their shit together to increase turnout, in spite of a lot of obstacles. And they, I'm going to say, speaking broadly, the Democrats didn't actually make the midterms a referendum on Trump specifically. Like that, they let him do most of like that self-destructive stuff himself. So I actually think like they deserve a lot of credit for that, and for a lot of it, it was an issues based election, and kind of where they like I'm not really sure what could have been done differently in the places that they, that they lost. Like had they gone harder to the left and ran a whole campaign on impeachment, 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 or like that kind of stuff, I'm not sure how that would have made this turnout better. So I don't know. I, I'm conflicted on how to feel when you kind of think about it holistically. That a lot of the movement that happened in the House and a lot of the governor governorships was actually positive news for the Democrats and the two lost seats in the Senate, which are a really um, striking and concerning failure. I'm not really sure what would have been done. Like, where, what strategy shift would really have move the needle on that yeah i so i i don't really think the democrats did anything wrong um and you know I, the more that i've had time to think about it today the, the thing that i really keep coming back to and kind of the source of some of my frustration and sadness is 538's done a, a a good job of breaking down some of these statistics better than than I ever could but one of them was you know the share of the popular vote that the democrats had yesterday was quite a bit higher than the republicans had in 1994 or even in like 2010 where in 2010 I think the republicans picked up what like 63 seats in the house I think that's the number and the Democrats had something like two percentage points higher share of the popular vote last night compared to 2010. And they're going to end up picking up about half that number of seats, which is just really, really frustrating. And, you know, it, this comes off of 
uh, presidential election year in 2016, where, you know, the Democratic nominee won, what, what did Clinton end up at? She ended up at two to three million votes more than Trump. Something like that. Yeah. But even though the Electoral College is rigged in favor of the Democrats, he still, still won. <laughs> right. Still has those eight and a half by 11 maps. So we're in, we're in the situation now where in over the course of the last two elections, the Democrats have had significantly more votes for president for the house and even in the senate the the seats that were up for um vote yesterday the democrats had i think it was something like 11 million more total votes and it's skewed a little bit because like in california there were two democrats running against each other but even if you well, yeah like the margin that diane feinstein won is could be all the votes for one of the uh states in in, in the middle of the country Right, but but even even if you take all the votes away from her opponent, you still end up with something like seven or eight million more votes for Democrats nationwide mm -hmm. in Senate in in the Senate, and you know they're still going to end up losing two or three seats here. Mm -hmm. So it's all three houses or all both chambers of Congress and the presidency. Democrats have had significantly more votes, and you know they they now have the House to show for it, but. <sighs> It's, 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 so let me, let me, let me challenge you and ask, let me, let me challenge you and ask, like, so what, like, the Democrats can't run on, you know, let's undo the way, uh, our, we have structured our representative democracy. Like, I totally agree that population and demographic shifts have made the whole structure of the Senate where each state equal representation with two, uh, with two, um, senators each. Like, that, that, that is an outmoded and outdated trip. But like, what, what, how on earth does does the the Democratic Party unify around a message of let's dilute the importance of um, a um, part of the country that has outsized influence and somehow has made themselves into victims? Um, like how, how on earth do they possibly sell that? It's it's you tough can't. and it's and it's you know i mean obviously our system of government was set up to protect against situations where high populous states could basically just you know ha have undue influence over the entire country and that's i still absolutely a good way to think about our government but the the problem that we're in or the situation that we're in today is that that kind of protection against smaller states or protection for smaller states, I should say, assumes that those states and, and, and all states in the union are operating in good faith. And that's, mm -hmm. that's just not, that's not what's happening today. So we have this minority that has an undue share of our government now that is not acting in good faith and is by the day becoming more and more radical. And there's just really no mechanism to there's really no mechanism to protect against that now. And and that's not even going down the route of what's happened with the Supreme Court now. So I yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. And I, I'm not I'm not really sure the Democrats are in a position to be able to fix it. And that's that's why I kind of walked away from last night feeling pretty disappointed and just pretty frustrated. Yeah, so I'm going to bring, like, uh, this is something I, I brought up last night, which is, so this is something from the 538 Live blog, which was good. So, 
Uh, quote, here's a reminder of why these good results for Republicans in the Senate contest are such a big deal. There are a lot of things the Senate can do regardless of how the House turns out, namely confirm judges and other nominees. Even if the House flips control, as long as Mitch McConnell is in charge, Republicans still have the ability to shape the judiciary. Democratic House would have investigative powers, but no real ability to unilaterally implement policy. So where like where the perspective is that it was it was a split night and we now have a um a bicameral legislature that's not con- strictly of a single party sure that's progress but the senate has an outsized influence and the way that it's structured and the way that the republican party has been able to um lean so heavily into polarization to continue and actually gain power in that arena is going to have lasting effects and is, is what's really disconcerting and, and leads to kind of hopelessness is the wrong word, but like, like genuine fear and, and, and the fact that like, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a fairly fucked up situation. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, but yeah, luckily there've been no changes over the past couple of days. I mean, it, you know, it, even the temperament, everything, everything's the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Midterms are over. Everybody's calmed down. Status quo. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's no way uh, Mueller gets fired, right? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so it's a, I mean, let's let's play that out for a minute. So let's say that tomorrow it happens. <laughs> well, <laughs> what's what's the what what do what do Republicans do? Hold on. Lindsey Graham Mueller quote. Um, uh, so this is from March 18th. Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham said, as I said before, if he tried to do that, meaning uh, fire special counsel Robert Mueller, that would be the beginning of the end of his presidency, said the South Carolina Republican. The only reason that Mr. Mueller could be dismissed is for cause. I see no cause when it comes to Mr. Mueller. And he believes he's doing a good job. I pledge to the American people as a Republican to make sure that Mr. Mueller can do his job without any interference. After the whole Kavanaugh hearing and his whole um, distressed Southerner speech, I really don't think he actually believes that anymore. That was his audition to be a cabinet member in the Trump administration. Well, and that's I mean, that's a good segue into, you know, another reason not to believe Graham, which is, you know, a year or so ago, (laughs) he had all of these. um he had all these quotes around defending Sessions. Oh, and... he, he had quotes about that the fucking Trump would be the death of the party. Yeah. Like, these people haven't deleted enough of their tweets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, like, so that's the thing where Mitt Romney, uh, uh, now a Utah senator, um, had all those things about uh, yeah, the, uh, the the more the anti the, the immoral nature of the uh, of Donald Trump was going to be the death of the country, and then he still auditioned for what, what was he allegedly in line for? Like when he had the dinner with Trump, what was he? Secretary of State. Yeah. <sighs> eh, maybe he can be number three. Well, actually, no, but he has he has a new fancy job now. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, do you have any other politics stuff before we get onto real things? Or <laughs> sorry, uh, unreal things. I, I I think I'm I'm done with the election day stuff for now. Okay, that's good. All right, can we let's let's talk about some fa- uh, some fancy stuff, or not some fancy stuff, some positive stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so Amazon. So let's talk about follow up. Amazon's four star location in Berkeley has apparently opened to the public. I haven't had a chance to go yet, but just FYI for anybody uh, stopping over at IKEA or uh, doing something, they uh, can go to Fourth Street and kind of see what's up there. Um. 
I got some uh, internet shoes, and they're fine. I, I saw I saw these last week. Um, yeah, I, I, we should apologize for again not having a show last week, but it was Halloween. I live in an area now where there are actual trick or treaters. So I mean, <laughs> how how could I be doing a podcast when I've got these you know kids looking for candy? Can't can't do that. So. Um, <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, alternatively, you could have hosted the show outside and asked the kids on mic, "Hey, what are you supposed to be?" And then that, gone from there, and that's that been that's been pretty good. Okay, maybe and and, we'll, and then we'll, ask them, "What do you think about Apple's ASP and the fact that they're no longer going to disclose unit sales?" Please tell me, eight year old dressed up as Hermione. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna drop this down for next year. Okay. <laughs> and be like, and do, do I have uh do do I have your permission to put the Nest Cam footage of you on the internet? <laughs> who who's who's cooler eddie q or drake and all of them would be who the fuck is drake because young people don't know who that is <laughs> they could be is he a member of the wiggles wait that's not even is he anymore it, they, they, they probably ask if he's a character in fortnite actually uh, <laughs> i i hate I minecraft still, I, still I hate I fortnite still i hate all of it i i, I admit i have not i have not seen or or played any Fortnite uh, on any platform good I, you're an adult. I'm, a, I'm a little curious though you're an adult no no i, I feel like i kind of need to see it no just keep updating the software in your electric car <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the, that's all the fun and excitement well, i think pretty pretty soon it's going to be able to run Fortnite. i think mm, yeah in, in mad max mode whatever Ugh. okay so internet shoes they're fine you know what? The, the, uh, that's going to be my review. I, I will have more to say soon. I have worn them all of two days. Um, but yeah, I got the uh, the burgundy uh, tree runners. Uh, they're fine. They, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this. They're comfortable. They are perfect 30-year-old person shoes. They are super plain. They're comfy. They go with almost anything. Um, I'm, I'm getting tired. Like, I, I am a big, like, I love Nike shoes. I love Nike running shoes. I like that they're super bright colors and that they look funky and the, all that kind of stuff. But for everyday shoes, like I just want a plain shoe. Like I, I enjoy like an Echo dress shoe and that kind of stuff. But otherwise, I just want some some comfortable shoes, and and that's what these do, and they're fine. So I'll tell you, I have only ever worn my Allbirds walking the dog. That's like that's <laughs> their they're perfect for that. <laughs> um. Yeah, then that's, you know. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll probably talk about this on, an, on another episode because I'm probably going to make another trip to the San Francisco uh, Retail Nest, which is what the store is called. Um, oh, my. Is it really called that? Yeah. The receipt I got, I think I, I've kept this in my. Um, yeah. Allbirds SF Retail Nest. Uh, nice yeah. to see you. E-W-E. They lean wanna... into, the, to, into the sheep uh, wool stuff. I, 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 I like it. I think it's cute. I want to I want to go back there but I don't know if I can. Why not? If, because they call it Nest. I don't I don't like that. Uh spoiler, I'm probably going to the Amazon Go store on Friday. So You know, you know they're building a second one already? Where? Uh kind of just up the street. It's opening later this month, I think. Where? It's like it's Kearney and something. Oh, okay, up the street from in the financial district. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but not not in the East Cut. That that would be something to make the name of the East Cut. Mm, yeah mm-hmm. woolly mammoths were here and now it's amazon go <laughs> um 
so yeah so anyway so the the store the store is cool um i appreciate that they add actual stock in there like where a lot of times like it's just it's showroomy and i think shoes probably aren't the kind of things that you you should be able to do that with i think you should have enough stock on hand where at, like and that and that's what the one thing where like their colors and their product line is fairly straightforward where it seems easy enough to have that kind of stuff in stock what what is the name of your color i don't know it's probably like fucking Zinfandel or something like that. I don't know. I like I'm looking around on the website here, and even if I look at all the limited edition colors, I'm not seeing anything that looked like yours. Uh, it is called oh uh, a toque toque jam. Is that yours? No, mine are the Ben's Tree Runners Kari K A U R I Zin. You got the Tree Runners. I I yeah. have the Wool Runners. The wool ones look too woolly. <laughs> Um, speaking of woolly mammoths, yeah. Um, yeah, the Karai Zin. Um, yeah, they're neat. I like them. They, they look, uh, lighter weight. Um, and yeah, they look cool. And uh, even though I am super opposed to, um, loungy shoes and like slip on like sandal or like, because they kind of look slippery, the tree loungers look kind of cool. Maybe I'm just going to embrace the fact that I'm 50 and get these. Yeah, if I if I were to get a second pair of these, it would be the Kari Peacock Men's Tree Runners, kind of the the greenish teal ones. I like those. Yeah, those looked good in person. Mm. Yeah, they they had those at the at the uh, the store or the, the, the nest the, the nest as you would say. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Show title. Let me let me type that in. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. So people should give that a shot um yeah it's cool if you ever buy the what's what's that neighborhood called i that, that's the, by the, we, when you asked me that i don't no, really know how to answer that because i never i think it's called jackson square the, the place by the uh the transamerica period a pyramid <laughs> <laughs> have a have another glass of wine <laughs> you know that now we actually have a show title the trans the transamerica period right after the mesozoic period <laughs> um yeah these are good art history jokes yeah it's it's and right before the baroque period um yeah so it's it's in i think it's called jackson square um i thought jackson square was in north beach but anyway no it goes financial district jackson square north beach okay yeah it, it it's yeah so it's a really cool like little retail district it's it, it's it's yeah it was pretty neat um, I, I'm always super interested in how these, um, direct consumer internet companies try to approach retail. And like, I think Away does it in a weird way where it's trying to be too cool. Like, I don't know, like when I went in there, like I felt like I needed to leave very quickly. Yeah. I've never actually been in that store. I've only ever walked by it because like they have a whole bunch of stuff like showroomy and stuff but they're playing cool people music and it's all like white and everything and everybody's dressed all cool <laughs> god i sound old but like they but it doesn't feel like a like oh i should open up the suitcase and see does it would it fit all my stuff or like i'm not saying like i'm gonna go try to pack for a trip for it but like it doesn't feel like an inviting place to try something whereas Actually, oh, this this came full circle. This is the thing I I told you to remind me about. But like in Hayes Valley, there's so the camera bag company that I like called Peak Design. They have a retail store 
uh, on Hay Street as well. Oh, really? And that's great. So whenever you... You shouldn't have told me that. So whenever you get into your fancy camera stuff, or if you ever just want a different... Ooh, for you, because you use a backpack, right? I do, and I've been kind of thinking about getting away from it. So they have a backpack called the Everyday Backpack that comes in two different sizes that I that seems like it might be up your alley. Mm, I don't... Mm. You'd have to see... It, it's just... The, the thing is, the way they design it, it's really smart. I know most of it is tailored towards photographers and protecting photo equipment and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I really like their stuff. But their retail store is very much encouraging. Like, they have qualified people who know about photography and about cameras and that kind of stuff. They make it super easy to try try it out, wear it, and do that kind of stuff. So that's that's really neat. And that's why I like them a lot. And Timbuktu is a similar way, but I really don't like Timbuktu bags anymore. I don't know. Like, their stuff just isn't... Like, if you're only carrying a laptop and you just want a lot of open space, it's fine. But they don't have any bags that are good for photography at all. Um, and also, just, I don't know. It, it's just not... It, it doesn't seem competitive for the price. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, Hayes, Hayes uh, Valley is, is really weird. And then they have that beta store where you can see all the wacky smart home oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I we, were, we were with some friends, so I was kind of, you know, we were moving. I didn't really have time to, <laughs> to, to take a picture, but... We walked right by that beta store, and I, I, I thought of you, and I, I tried to snap a photo, but... Oh, yeah, I've been there, and they had the creepy little uh, um, smart home-enabled baby swinger. So, that... Okay, so... Uh, What's it called? The thing that makes... It's like the... it it, uh, it It's not us. Hmm. What's it called? Just a, a rocker? I don't know. Yeah, that's probably it. Um, Yeah, they... Terrible. So, shit. I mean, Carlos... You, baby in it. <laughs> you know me. I... I'm Mr. Smart Home. That's you know that that's what that's what they call me on the street. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but even that store goes a little far. You know, I, there's just there's some stuff in there where I'm like, does that really need to be smart? Does that need to be connected to the internet? <laughs> you know, I don't that's know. That's that's gonna be on your tombstone, <laughs> Mr. Smart Home. No, no. Does that really need to be connected to the internet? <laughs> Uh, only if it's a smart tombstone it'll all be smart tombstone and, and then <laughs> some russian person is gonna hack it and make it mine bitcoin when you're dead <laughs> uh, oh man what has happened to the show um uh, okay that's a lot of good show oh, um uh, it's, it's not gonna be bitcoin by then it's uh america will be over by then um so yeah, so Peak Design, it's cool. And then I like yes. this. I, I kind of like this travel backpack. Which one? Oh, Peak Design. Peak yeah. Design. Yeah, their stuff is good. Um, Apparently, it's like on pre-order though. It's like not. Yeah, but that but forty-five liters. That thing's gonna be enormous. Yeah, that's that's too big. This is like oh yeah yeah. This is like yeah. Like I mean, I that might be this. good if you are maybe doing a three-day trip and you don't want to take a carry-on. Yeah. But otherwise, that's gonna be a yeah. That, that's 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 too big. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but their stuff's cool if you're ever in the neighborhood. Um, and also next to that beta store is a salt and straw. And uh, when there's not a gigantic line, that's a fun place to get some ice cream. Because I, th- mm. I think everybody needs to get over um, the liquid nitrogen ice cream. I think that's that's over and done with. And also, and we've talked about it at length. Smitten's always out of every good flavor. So you know what? Dead, dead, to, the, dead to the pod. 
Yeah, I that you're not wrong. Um, Loving Cup's another good one. I don't know if you've ever been there. What? It's called Loving Cup? Hmm. There's a few of them in San Francisco. There's one in Hayes Valley as well, which is kind of what made me think of it. That's it's, a it, weird it's, name. it's very good. Very, very good. A Loving Cup is a shared drinking container traditionally used at weddings and banquets. It, it's huh. not that. Oh, and there's one of them in Greenbrae next to the, what do you call it? Oh yeah, well, because that because that shopping center that shopping center takes every uh, like popular San Francisco. Uh, take everything that's in Napa or Sonoma and and shove it into a weird retail store next to CVS. Yeah, exactly. What's what's the thing? Oh, Gotts Roadside. That's the thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a oh. nice Gotts. Yeah, and and Loving Cup is hosted on Squarespace because you can hit Escape and try to go into their. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, it's yes. Mm. What are we talking about? So yeah, this came off. Uh, yeah, internet shoes. So yeah, the Allbirds—they're fine. When I wear them more than twice, maybe I'll have more to say. But yeah, I'm kind of resigned to the fact that I'm old and I might buy those loungers. Um, and then hmm. I had a yeah, I had hmm. a stray observation about Fixer Upper um, the other day because uh, I saw a Magnolia home theater truck uh, just on the street. I know the Gaineses don't like TV, even though they make a very popular TV show. They should have had a crossover with. Uh, uh, because they, they put the Magnolia name on everything else. Why don't they have a home theater thing with Best Buy? It's a missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe if they decide to come back to TV, they can can do can, that. Can I, can I make a prediction? Uh, yeah, that's what we're here for. Uh, would you take this bet? Uh, it's, so, sorry. Uh, now that gambling's <laughs> legal in New Jersey, yeah, apparently, right. you know, just going all Scottish teen. Um uh fifty dollars says by the end of twenty twenty the the gains have another show on either Netflix or Amazon. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against them having one, so But I'm saying that particular platform. I think Jeff Bezos with all his Crunchwrap money just backs up the truck to uh Waco and gets them to do a show. Yeah, I I, I could see that. Yeah. And the only requirement is that they shove echoes in every room. <laughs> right. Mm. Uh. So so when she's presenting, hey, so we have an extra $3,000 left in the budget. Do you want to buy an echo show for every room sponsored <laughs> by Amazon? <laughs> and then afterward, when they're trying to tell them why their project has gone over budget by $2,000, like every episode, um, they, they drop in using uh, Alexa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh well speaking of home improvement and Yes, yeah, so let's 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 talk about your uh your Ethernet experience. Yeah. So I did it. It's working wonderfully, although it was not at first, which which we should talk about. Um so I ended up so I, I my original plan was to run most of the cabling outside the house kind of um like along the base of the house and then kind of in a planter bed and so that the house kind of has something a little bit funky which is at one point basically every room was wired with coax and you know traditionally you would have coax coming out through a jack in the wall mm-hmm. <laughs> well whoever did it I guess decided they didn't want to go through the hassle of that. And oh, they literally they had, they had a Comcast job where they just run the cable along the baseboards. 
Well, they just literally drill. So, you know, our house, like a lot of houses in California, has a crawl space underneath it. Mm. And so what they had done was they had just run the coax all through the crawl space and literally just drilled holes through our hardwood in like corners of the room. Mm. And they would just run up coax through those little holes. Um, So my original plan was to run cabling along the outside of the house and then you know, the little crawl space underneath the floor has these little vents because you, you don't, you want to let air through there. So there's no mold or anything. So I was going to just like cut a little hole in one of those vents and then run cables through and then up through the holes that are in the floor for the old coax cables. But I, I thought about it and I think, I think I mentioned this on the show. I, I only found outdoor rated cables that were black and our, our house is predominantly white, so it, there was going to be no kind of neat way to run the cables and make them look nice. So I came up with this alternative plan where, you know, I would still run the cables outside for part of the run, but they're now mostly just kind of behind some bushes, so you really can't see them from the outside. But I would then utilize the crawl space underneath the house and run them across the house that way. And so I, I decided to go that route, and of course, of course, you know the the office, which is where I'm sitting now, is where you enter the crawl space. There's like a, a cutout in the closet, but the most logical place to run the cables through were are clear at the other end of the house. So I had to get into our crawl space, which probably has, I'm guessing. You know, I, I don't know, maybe a, a little over a foot of clearance. Like, you know, you're when you're down there, you've got to get flat on your stomach and kind of army crawl across. Like, it's a, it's a pretty tight little fit. Uh, and so I had to do that across the entire house. Um, I set it up, though, so that, you know, I had all the cables staged. You know, the special lady friend was kind of waiting there on the other end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I got in scooted across you know ran ran one cable up through a hole that was actually pretty close to where the cables entered the crawl space and then brought another one with me you know all the way over here to the office um so this was like an ethernet spartan race (laughs) yeah exactly um it was legitimately really really scary um not for bugs or anything but just like and i'm not not really claustrophobic like I would, I wouldn't say that I'm not claustrophobic, but I'm, I'm not super, like it doesn't really freak me out, but man, I, I was, I was intimidated down there. Well, you had mentioned that you were a little spooked about like an earthquake or something. Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like if, you know, God forbid something were to happen like an earthquake or just something with the house, I mean, (laughs) I'm literally underneath our house. So if the house falls, I'm, you know, I'm in trouble. Um, <laughs> Thanks for sanitizing so, it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it, 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 it all, you know, th- that part actually worked out really well. Like Laura was really, really helpful. Um, it, it, I was down there for less than 10 minutes, you know, I, it, you know, patting myself on the back here. Like, I, I think I actually thought it out pretty well and, you know, executed on the plan. It was fine. So, you know, I run the cables up through and then it was kind of near the end of the day. So I actually didn't have the chance to, finish you know connecting the cables to my eros until the next day because you got splicing and terminating ethernet cables man so fun yeah and we'll 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 get back to that for my chef's corner 
because I, I still keep mine for the end of the episode, unlike you. Um, <laughs> it's going to be the Dynex crimping tool. No, 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 no. Um, sorry, Rocketfish. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of thought that, because I hadn't, I hadn't terminated Ethernet cables in a long time. Um, and I, I kind of thought that it was one of those things where you either do it right and it works, or you do it wrong and it doesn't work. So I, you know, I connected the Eero here in the in the office and the Eero in the living room and it worked. You know, I, I plugged in the Ethernet cable, you go into the Eero app, you look at the status of the satellite stations, and you can see they switch from wireless mode to wired mode, just like the Eero that's in the family room that's connected directly to the cable modem. But when I was you know, connected to either or connected to mostly to the office Eero, I noticed that I was still getting less than like 100 megabits per second down. I was getting something like, you know, 92, 93 megabits per second down. Whereas if I was connected to the family room Eero, again, which is connected to the cable modem, I was getting the full 270, 300 megabits per second down. So I'm thinking like, what the hell? Like, did I, did I risk my life underneath the house? to basically end up with like the same speed that I had before. <laughs> and so I did a little bit more Googling and it turns out that you can terminate ethernet cables, specifically gigabit ethernet cables. Oh, it, so it only does 10, 100. Exactly. And oh. it, and it, so it was funny because the reason I did, so this, again, I'll give myself a little bit of credit here. The reason I did the Googling, as you would say, God, we sound so old sometimes. Um, no, is because <laughs> is because I noticed the speeds were consistently like bumping right up against 100 megabits per second, but never crossing that threshold. And I thought, like, huh? And like, I even like did the thing where like I look, I have two switches as part of the network, and I like triple checked like they were gigabit switches and everything, <laughs> like that there wasn't anything that would be like capping the network at 100 megabits per second. But sure enough, it turns out that if you have either one of the wires not connected properly, or if you have a couple of them crossed, you can end up in a situation where your gigabit Ethernet run only runs at 10100, as you would say. And I thought, huh, okay. Well, so then I, you know, went through and redid the, you know, terminating all of the lines, and boom. Instantly had the full, you know, 300 or so megabits per second down consistently across all three euros. It was like literally just like, you know, snap of the finger. It w started working exactly like I wanted it to. Um, and so, yeah, that's 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 the situation I'm in now where consistently across the entire house, I have exactly the same wireless speed. Um, I, I don't I haven't really tested this enough, although anecdotally this does seem to be the case where my iphone now much more reliably bounces around between the eros than it did when they were wirelessly connected to one another see that part doesn't make sense no it it, it, it that part doesn't make sense you're right um i mean great but i'll yeah that, that, that seems weird it does um 
So I, I I need to test that part a little bit more, but the the part that does make sense and, and the part that I was fully expecting and the, and why I was kind of initially disappointed when I had the wires terminated incorrectly is I'm now getting consistent speed no matter which Eero I'm connected to because you know all three Eros now are connected with this Ethernet backhaul that are all you know connected to the same uh, cable modem ultimately. Um, you sh- you should do um, try some tests of how quick the file transfers are off your Synology and see if you get anywhere close to um, the limits of eight hundred two eleven AC. Yeah, I so before before I had done the Ethernet hookup, if I had my Mac wirelessly connected to the Eero here in the office, which is the Eero that the Synology is hardwired to. I would get really, really fast transfer speeds. If I if my Mac was connected to one of the other two Eros, either in the living room or the family room, the transfer speed would be really, really slow. So what I haven't had the chance to try yet is now that they're hardwired to one another, um, my, my assumption is the performance should be the same no matter what Eero I'm connected to. Um, but that's that's not what I've tested out yet. But the the internet, like when I do speed tests now, it doesn't matter which Eero I'm connected to. Whereas before, you know, again, like the the family room Eero would be anywhere from 250 to 350 megabits per second down, just depending on my internet at any given time. And then the living room and the office would be, you know, 60, 70, 80 megabits per second down. And now, you know, now they're all just just as fast as my internet is. So I'm, I, again, was, was really, really bummed out, like, initially. I'm, like, think, God, I spent all this time and money, like, doing all this, and it didn't work out. But uh, once I got the the you know, wire situation figured out, it, it ended up being exactly what I wanted. Nice. That's got to feel satisfying. Yeah, it, 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 it really does. It was, like, kind of the first... Uh, first kind of big big project in the house and kind of specifically like the first big project in the house without um f- uh, help of the lady friend's dad <laughs> who, helps, <laughs> who helps out a lot with projects around the house uh um, can i can i tee you up for something else real quick sure um i think you talked about it briefly last episode but i don't think you actually talked about the install how'd your um nest doorbell go so that it it ended up fine um and it, it was mostly smooth. So, you know, I maybe I talked about this part on the show. They have a really convoluted process just to validate that it's going to work with what you have in your home. So, you know, I figured that part out and then, you know, went with the install. And the only problem that I had, which was very specific to our home, was our existing doorbell you know, they had installed it, but I, I guess to install it, what they had done was they had drilled a hole in the stucco that was basically the s- same size as the entire um, doorbell mount. And then once they had put the doorbell mount in, they kind of just like filled that hole with a bunch of putty. And so the problem was like when I took the doorbell out, you know, I, I had access to the wires that I needed, but I couldn't just drill the the nest over that existing hole because I'd be drilling into this putty that just it wasn't that wasn't going to work. So I kind of ended up having to mount the nest next to where our old doorbell used to be 
but that meant that I had this huge hole in our stucco. Um, but it, you, you saw this the other day and I, I had gone to home Depot and actually gotten some like stucco filler and filled that in. And I think it actually ended up coming out pretty well. Yeah. Um, well, I wouldn't have known if you hadn't told me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's actually, yeah, that's, that's another kind of project that I had kind of taken on my own and, uh, was yeah, pretty, pretty happy with how it came out and was actually like super surprised. And it's, this is, this is kind of a kudo to, to nest where, you know, both the, um, their thermostat and now their video doorbell have both been totally compatible with our home. I mean, with the thermostat, I had to, you know, just rerun some wiring, but that wasn't a big deal. And then with the Nest Hello, if, if it hadn't been for that kind of weird existing doorbell mounting situation, would have also been totally compatible. So, you know, 1950s home and this stuff is compatible out of the box. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Do you worry about um, longevity of any of this kind of stuff? Like Nest, like Nest gets bored or like Google's like, oh, never mind, this isn't worth it. Not, not really. Nest is Nest is a, is an entrenched enough brand now where yeah, I don't worry about that too much. Hmm. What about August? Like, I guess like when you're making decisions on smart home stuff, how like I, uh, we 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 understand that it's still like early adopter days and some stuff's just not going to be fully baked yet. How, but like, how willing are you to be like, oh, well, yeah, Nest, uh, August is no longer a going concern. So I'm going to go have to buy a whatever Bill Simmons is talking about on his podcast. Well, I, I guess, I mean, I haven't made any modifications to the house that make it so that whatever I did was only compatible with either Nest or August. You know, like mm -hmm. the thermostat connects to standard thermostat wiring, which you can just literally buy at Home Depot. You know, the Nest Hello connects just literally to my existing wiring from my old doorbell. You know, the August smart lock just sits on top of my existing deadbolt. So, you know, there there's nothing in the house that would prevent me from switching to another brand in the event that August or Nest went, you know, belly up. So, hmm. you know, I, I no, that, that doesn't really concern me much. Like if I, if I, you know, if I, if I crawled underneath my house and wired the whole house with like proprietary nest cabling mm -hmm. and then they went out of business. Yeah. I'd, <laughs> then I'd be a little disappointed. Um, and just cause uh, I don't talk about Apple stuff yet. So I'm just gonna make you keep talking. Uh, how is, um, I, I have no idea what the feature's called, but what's the new thing Elon added to your car? So this is, uh. Uh, autopilot on navigation. Um, doesn't, doesn't tell a lot. Rings off. Yeah, it just rolls right off the tongue. So this is a very... Well, so I guess so stepping back. So, you know, Tesla rolled out their version 9 software update, which the big thing actually was not super relevant to me, which was bringing the Model S and the Model X user interface more in line with the Mod Model 3, um, which, you know, having a Model 3, obviously, I'm already there. Uh, they, you know, they made a bunch of other kind of small tweaks here and there around the edges. And originally, they were supposed to have this this autopilot feature that was kind of the headlining um, feature of the of the version 9 update. 
ended up getting pushed out a couple of weeks, you know, whatever. Um, so version nine has been out a little while, but then this navigate on autopilot feature just came out a week or two ago. And so what it does is kind of very incrementally improve what the existing autopilot system does where, you know, it, it's still a fully, you know, you, you need to be fully engaged as the driver. Um, not, not much has changed there, but the, the thing that it does now is, it will automatically or at least try to automatically change freeways for you if you're on you know a route that where you're going from one freeway to the next it will also if you have a set speed in your adaptive cruise control it will look for opportunities to change into a different lane to get around slower traffic Basically, it, it kind of always tries to determine what lane you should be in, whether it's for passing purposes or whether it's to get onto a different freeway or to then even get off the freeway. And, you know, I've used it a couple of times now, and when it works, it's it's pretty amazing. Like, I, I, I drove over to Oakland the other day, which involves a couple of different freeway changes uh, from Marin. And, you know, it worked for two of the changes and then didn't really work for the third. And when it worked again, it was like something from the future, but when it doesn't work, it's, you know, it's kind of like autopilot in general where it's, it's kind of hit or miss. Um, so, you know, overall, I, I think it's, it's neat, but it doesn't, it doesn't really like your opinion of autopilot. I don't think is really going to change pre-navigate on autopilot versus post so do you think it makes sense for them to have released this now like do you think like there's a whole lot of value add or would this have been just something maybe they should have sat on for a more fully featured autopilot thing i i do think that there's some value add and i actually read um a review i think it was like on bloomberg or maybe Business Week, um, where you know the the big value add here is, and actually that that the drive from Marin to Oakland is a good example where you know there are I think three freeway interchanges, and especially the ones over in Oakland get a little complicated. Like it's not actually exactly clear what lane you should be in sometimes, and the navigate on autopilot feature really does make it clear what lane you should be in. So like even if you're kind of just actively controlling the car. I think that's useful. So, and, and let me let me clarify. So, sorry, does it just tell you what lane you need to be in, or does it make the lane changes for you? Yeah. So, I actually I, I didn't make this clear. So, there were actually early versions of this because you know Tesla has like a um, you know Apple has their public betas for like iOS, and Tesla has their equivalent where you can sign up for like early releases of Tesla software. And there there were early versions of this where the car would automatically make lane changes for you. Um, but the version that ultimately rolled out to the public is a system where it tells you when it wants to make a lane change and then using either the lane change stock or the autopilot stock, which are kind of on both sides of the steering wheel, you have to confirm that you want to make that change and then it'll actually execute on it when it's you know safe to do so. So, so the, the driver has to initiate lane changes, and, and Tesla has said that once they reach a certain number of miles Wasn't driven with thing? the system, yeah, they'll like ten million miles. They're gonna they'll make it. Where they'll they'll make it optional. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, you know, again, like I, I had it not work a couple of times with freeway interchanges. My other big complaint is, and well, to call this a complaint is probably not quite right, but it's it's very, very conservative, which, you know, it, I guess it should be, but like to the point where, especially when you're looking to get off of a freeway, say you're driving in the far left lane, you know, it will tell you to get over to the far right lane to prepare to get off of the freeway, like miles ahead mm-hmm. of where you're going to get off the freeway, which especially if you're in a situation where there's traffic is is not necessarily the the best route. So that's, you know, an understandable frustration. Um so yeah, I mean that that that's, you know, that's a that's a little disappointing. My car's never going to get a software update, so it's <laughs> I mean that's that's the thing, right? Is it it is pretty cool. And this is this was a big selling point for Tesla for me is the these yeah, you know, these software updates kind of as imperfect as they can be. It's still really cool that, you know, my car is getting like significant new features um over time. So let me ask, can you opt out of software updates? Can you just be like, no, I don't ever want this I'd like just leave my car alone? Or is there eventually a point where it's like iOS eleven or something where like just you can't turn on your car until you update the software? Like what's what's the deal with that? I mean you can you can delay software updates. I mean I guess I've never done that like repeatedly. So I don't know what would happen if you delayed it like days on end. Yeah, I guess I don't. I don't really know. All right. Um. Let's. Uh, where should we go? Okay. Let's. Let's. We'll. We'll tighten this up. So Ford. Um. Bought. What. Are, what are the two companies that are allowed to have scooters in San Francisco? Skippy or Skip? And what else? Is it Skip and I, Spin or I what? What's the other one? Spin. Yeah. That they. They have a weird logo, so I always forget who they are. But yeah, Spin. That's right. Yeah, so apparently Ford bought them because Ford apparently just just can buy everything that's not a sedan because that's that's just their their new mobility strategy. Um, so yeah, that's that's cool. So allegedly it was like sixty to a hundred million dollars for the scooter company. Um, so neat. I don't I don't know. This this all all this stuff still perplexes the hell out of me. Um, yeah, so that's a thing. Um. What else? There was other scooter stuff. Oh yeah, in in London, apparently Bird is expanding into uh, scooters over there. But they, thanks to um, legacy British law, it is it is not allowed on public roads. So it's only allowed to be ridden uh, in Olympic Park, whatever that is. And if you go outside the GPS range of that, the scooter powers off, which is pretty great. You got out of there just in time. Oh no no! I think I think this this makes me now. I want the Brexit negotiations to go well because because oh like only a Brexit can I, I want Britain to get the most favorable trade deals as long as scooters can only be used in two percent of the city. <laughs> you know, at Theresa May, you have you have free reign. Your your country doesn't seem nearly as fucked up compared to ours. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, okay, do you want to talk about Apple stuff real quick? Yeah, let, let's do it. Yeah. So, what's the do? You, okay, I, I'm gonna get a dealer's choice. Um, wait, that means I would pick no. Uh, dealer's choice. Are you? Are you? Are you the dealer? Hey, I guess you are. 
I'm 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 the one that made the world's hastiest outline. <laughs> um, it's just a blank textmate document. I couldn't even be bothered to open Omni Omni, <laughs> Omni um, the thing that's the too many too many pixels. Hmm. You 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 got too many pixels over there. You just don't don't know what to do with them. As as a foil to this whole iPad discussion, God, I love this iMac. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know you don't listen to ATP, but Marco is really right. The iMac is the one product Apple hasn't fucked up. Not that like, and, and sorry, and I don't mean that in that Apple messes up everything. I just mean like, it's a it's a computer that's a computer, and they somehow haven't managed to make it terrible by being like super opinionated with how it works. Like the laptops, they have like this vision that whether or not the actual like reality agrees with it, the iMac is still great. Like I, I, I when when I was traveling and trying to use Lightroom on a 13 inch laptop compared to using the 27 inch iMac 5K, like it's it's such a pleasure to use. Love my iMac. So iPads, they released some really expensive iPads. So. You were mentioning that you think you might want one, but did you finally, did you talk yourself out of it, hopefully? I, I have not talked myself out of it, no. Can I talk you out of it? You shouldn't buy one. It's a bad deal. So these, so the new iPad Pro is a really cool product. And man, this, 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 this shows a lot of order, but The Verge for both their iPhone XR review and their iPad Pro review, like Neelai Patel has been killing it. They make really good. That's that's gonna be my secondary chef special. There, the the Verge video review um, on YouTube for the iPhone XR and the iPad Pro are funny and really comprehensive and a very good um, place to spend ten minutes. So, the, uh, so his main thing with the iPad Pro is, yep, it's expensive. It's insanely fast. Looks great. Good quality screen. Makes no sense that the headphone jack isn't there. You had plenty of room. Why are you doing this? But like, it's just like it's a it's a really weird product where like Apple keeps wanting to um, suggest the iPad Pro is a future of computing. Like, and I'm and I'm not even gonna harp on the whole what's a computer ad, but like Apple keeps talking about the iPad Pro as like with this new smart keyboard cover. And the fact that uh, there's going to be a legit full version of Photoshop coming to the iPad that like the iPad for a ton of people can be their computer. And Neelai and The the Verge and a ton of other reviewers are bringing like, actually, like it's amazing hardware that's done a tremendous disservice by the fact that iOS is still like immature in a lot of ways and is just not well suited to like pro workflows. So based off earlier reviews and what you've seen, just kind of like your own buying motives, like what's your read on the iPad Pro and kind of like, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think the the problem for the iPad is the same as the last couple of generations, which is the, the software's behind the hardware. And this is kind of the same thing that we've seen on the Apple Watch too, where the hardware's felt ahead of watch OS for the last couple of years. It's 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 exacerbated with the iPad because there's more potential there than there obviously is with something like a watch. It, obvious things like the fact that you know they've now gone USB C, but in the software haven't really done anything with that. Right, like you can't really do anything with a new iPad Pro with USB C that you couldn't do with a previous generation iPad Pro with Lightning. 
you should be able to, but you can't because of the software. So that that continues to be the story. And I think even just more generally speaking, you know, and I, I think Apple's going to get there, but they're just not there today, which is, by, I think by taking Lightning out of the iPad and going USB-C, they're sending a signal that they finally recognize that the iPad is a different device than the iPhone. It's it's not just a bigger iPhone. Hmm. But the software doesn't reflect that. They've they've done some things around the edges the last couple of years that have made the iPad different. Obviously some of the multitasking stuff is a good example. But they haven't really taken the iPad to the next level software-wise. So I think that's that's what Apple's got to figure out is they have to they have to sit sit back and say I mean like do do they actually fork iOS and 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 make iPad OS like what what do they what do they do to make it so that they can actually take advantage of their new hardware cuz right now I I really I really think they're in a situation where they're doing a lot of really cool things with the hardware but but the software is just not there to utilize it so i i think you're, so i'm gonna i'm gonna ask a couple follow-up questions but real quick like yeah the heart like that's the thing where apple is absolutely crushing it like with with their own custom processors and that kind of stuff where if you just look at like just the performance they're getting out of the a12 a12x where at certain like single threaded operations like it is insane how close and how oftentimes it surpasses not only like the the, the low power intel um intel powered um ulv macbook one but also in a lot of cases, like it's super competitive with like the the MacBook Escape and that kind of stuff. So like that, like there, the hardware is really good, and apparently like the fit and finish of it is great, and the screen looks good, and it's like it's a very compelling hardware design. But yeah, where the the um, uh, the software is not keeping up. So going back to what you said, I, I have a couple of questions. So you, so do you not think the iPhone's going to go USB C? Like I, I guess I didn't understand that point where you're saying that um, USB C on the iPad Pro means it's um, a more distinct departure of or like segmentation of um, it not being a big iPhone. Yeah, I I do think that Apple is going to stay with Lightning for the phone, and they're going to position the phone as being its kind of own category of devices. And then the iPad and Mac are going to be a separate category of devices. But then what's the distinction between the two products in that second category? Between the Mac and the iPad? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the operating system. So yeah, I guess that's my question, where like that's been the whole fear of like the, what was the thing at WWDC where they had the whole, like the the 2000 point font saying no the uh, the ipad and the mac are going to remain separate things but like if they because was it like ios 11 got a ton of changes that allegedly made the ipad better and more pro focused and in a lot of ways like maybe it's just that i don't use my ipad a lot which is which is which is entirely true i using the ipad confuses the hell out of me like if i'm trying to do anything more than just use a single app it makes no sense to me like, I don't know how I'm swiping to get popover to happen. I don't know how to do a thing. It thinks I'm trying to drag and drop stuff all the time. Um, like, it, it doesn't make sense. So I guess, like, how how much effort do you think Apple's ever going to expend on making the iPad Pro a pro product 
while still maintaining the Mac being what it is. Unless the suggestion is, and actually this is probably a fairly honest one, which is that the Mac just goes on maintenance mode and Apple puts a bunch of effort into the iPad. Well, I mean, here's what like, I think Apple should do, which is, and this is kind of consistent with what I was saying with, you know, the phone keeping lightning and then maybe the iPad and Mac having a lot more in common with things like USB-C, et cetera, which is, you know, the phone is your phone. It, it's It's this ultra mobile portable device that's kind of your everyday carry, as you would say. Um, and then, you know, if you want, you, if you want to sit down and actually like do some work, um, you, we, we could, we have these two different computing platforms for you. There's the iPad and then there's the Mac. And, but the, the problem with that theory today is that the, the, the iPad with iOS just isn't fully thought out on the software side. It, it's basically just a blown up iPhone still. But the place that Apple should get to is a place where both the iPad and the Mac can be considered, you know, true computers, you know, like what's a computer, but, <laughs> um, but actually fully think out the iPad in a sense where maybe people like you and I couldn't get their work done, but maybe a lot of people could. Like I don't I don't know how anybody gets their work done on an iPad today like that. Well, they they don't. They're just lying about it. Um, that's the int- <laughs> yeah. That's well, that's that's the that's the honest truth is that well or they're does. or they're in a well I don't know if they're lying about it. I, I think or, it's or more or they're working in a job where they don't have to multitask and their job consists of email writing in a text document and Slack. Exactly. Like if, yeah. Exactly. And I'm not trying to, and I'm not trying to like attack anybody by saying like real work versus like that kind of stuff. But if you have to do like for me, like if, if I'm working in like a remote desktop environment and I have uh, like a, a Slack open and a mail plane for email and um, Excel and stuff like that stuff where you just can't do that on an iPad just because it would be really frustrating to do. Or when you reopen an app, like your work won't be there anymore. And certain like it's really cool that certain people can do that kind of stuff and and make it work, but. For a lot of people, that's not going to happen. And I, I guess maybe I just don't see a world where iPad gains the ability to do all that stuff sensibly, where the simplicity of the iPad doesn't go out the window as well. Well, that yeah, I mean, that, that's going to be, I think, the challenge with the iPad. And it, it's probably a big reason why Apple's lagging behind with the iPad is they, they are trying to strike that balance. But I I think they're going too far in the other direction today, where... Like it, it, it's crazy to me. And like, it, it's, you, you go back and like, listen to upgrade pre <clears throat> event mm-hmm. and, you know, Jason's whole thing, which I, which at the time I thought was really smart, which is saying like, well, you know, I, I could totally see them switching from lightning to USB-C kind of as the rumors have suggested, but if they actually do that, there's going to be a story. There's going to be a bunch of use cases they lay out explaining why they made the change and they just they didn't do that like they they made they made the switch and they you know they had a couple pictures of like connecting a camera or connecting a monitor but they didn't they didn't really tell a story because as we now know there is no story iOS there's hasn't no changed. ios hasn't changed which is like that's like even just 
doing something as simple as allowing external storage devices to show up in the files app when you're connected via USB-C. The fact that they didn't do that now, it, it it's a little crazy. So that's the thing. That's that's what's so frustrating. Like because I like I I sat down and thought, do I want this new iPad? And then I got a push notification on the iPad saying, here's your screen time report from last week, and you used it eight minutes last week. And then so that's that's one thing. But I keep thinking about it. Like I've tried this a couple of times when I've traveled because like I, like my hobby is like I enjoy photography and that kind of stuff. And a lot of times using a Mac Pro is a little bit cumbersome for that. And I really wish I could use my iPad for that. But the thing is, like, it it's just I you, even though if you look at the iPad Pro website, like it's it's like it was tailor made for me, like where they they literally have my exact camera on screen being plugged directly into a uh, an iPad Pro via USB C, acting like you can do something useful with it, and you can't because the only like, if you plug that iPad um, into that camera, all it allows you to do is dump. 16 gigabytes of raw photo files into iCloud photo library. And then eventually you can do some weird funky share sheet stuff and try to shove those into Lightroom. Like they made no, like the USB-C change is sort of an improvement, but they made no effort to actually improve iOS to allow you to do something functional with that. It still has all the funky limitations that you would, that you would do with that. And I forget where this came up on, some discussion. It might have been this week's upgrade, where they were like, "Oh yeah, like have you actually done anything with this?" And then, oh no, this was the, this was the Verge's video review on the iPad, where um, on the iPad Pro, where they were like, uh, they talked to Apple directly, like, "Okay, so is there a way to like access camera photos directly in Lightroom or any other photo app?" And they're like, "Actually, no, but you can use Siri shortcuts to immediately delete all the photos from I from your photo library." after you've imported them like that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard like that's that's not a pro product that's just a weird way of trying to work around ios's limitations on a product that's too powerful for its own good like well, i just i just don't get it so, if you look yeah I, I mean not to interrupt but i, I think <laughs> i mean siri shortcuts to me is actually a good sign that apple is starting to think about expanding the capability of ios and not being afraid of adding complexity. I mean, we, we've briefly talked about this on the show. I mean, shortcuts is like, in a lot of ways, kind of, again, to use the phrase for better or worse, almost like a like a coding app, like a really basic, like, um, what, what, what is, what is, um, scripting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so that, that, that gives me some hope that Apple's, not afraid to to introduce complexity to iOS, but but using that as an excuse to get around a fundamental limitation where you can't do anything with external storage other than dump stuff into iCloud Photo Library, like that's that's not a solution. Because like e even though like Mike Hurley and everybody celebrated the introduction of the Files app, uh, like uh, as a way to get stuff done, like unless you're going to go like full Federico and try to like do these funky contortions to make your workflow work on ios like that's not feasible for most people like it like neil i even brought up like a good example of like if you wanted to rename a document that before you send it off to somebody on an email like that is just such like that's like a two-minute process on ios like that's insane like so much of it is still like it's just it's not living up to what is absolutely stunning hardware that apple's shipping like i, I want this so badly to be a product that i want yeah, no, I, I think 
I yeah, I I, I agree. Yeah. It, it, and, and and even like and, and Joanna brought up it like she had two good burns this week on Apple. The first of which was Apple finally shipped Air Power, and it was a picture of Apple actually did a thing where you can actually now that it has USB C, you can use your iPad Pro to charge your iPhone. So yeah, sick burn. But also she had a thing of I really hope Apple never improves iOS so that we can just keep writing the same review every year of iPad Pro gets better. Uh, software still not good enough to replace your laptop <laughs> and it's it's really really true and that's kind of a weird bummer but then like i um, so i just link and you can put a link in the show notes to this on jason snell's excellent charts that he does when he breaks down apple's financial results every year even though everybody acts like the ipad uh, that the mac is is this passe thing that nobody nobody wants compared to the ipad revenue like even though the iphone is the elephant in the room and it generates just it like apple is the iphone company the iPad has less revenue than the Mac, and the iPad allegedly gets more attention than than the Mac. And even though Apple has been shipping incremental updates to products that they wish would die, but just don't because the iPad's not a mature enough product yet, like it it just does it doesn't make sense. Like the effort that Apple Apple is simultaneously giving too much and too little effort to the iPad, and and that's I don't know that just feels weird. Yeah, but look at that services revenue. <laughs> All that iCloud money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, to, ra- to round this, do you have anything else on the iPad? No, I I, no. I, I think that's it. Sorry, I yelled for a while. I no, that, that's, I, I like the ones where you get angry. Um, do you have any, to round this out, do you have any insight or opinions on um, Apple's, uh, the, the CFO saying they're no longer going to break out unit sales because they're now, now all about revenue? Oh, I mean, so I actually have a, a few thoughts. So yeah, we, maybe we'll come back to that. I guess to, to round out the event, though. Um, so I mean, obviously, the other big pieces were the MacBook Air and the Mac Mini. Mm-hmm. I mean, both are cool products, but I mean, man, like, why didn't they just do this three years ago? Like for both of those products, like it's because they thought they didn't have to. Right. But it's I mean, like if you put the event from two weeks ago in you know like 2015 or 2016 it would have just been awesome like i mean excluding the ipad stuff even like just the the macbook air and the, and the mac mini stuff it would have been fantastic well like talk, we'll talk about money left on the table like had they just actually yeah. made products that people actually wanted like my my mac mini is literally nine and a half years old and had there been a competent product to replace it with I would have bought one a long time ago, but now kind of on principle, I just want this one to like use it till it dies. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's weird. And like Apple continued to sell like, like they're like, people are going to write business. No, actually know that nobody will care, but like, just like there could be so many books written about like just how fucking weird Apple's laptop line is where they really, they like just somebody in the company really thought, you know what? Like Phil Schiller was like, the MacBook is our future. And it turned out it's just a really slow computer with a shitty keyboard. And that keyboard somehow managed to make its way into the entire laptop line. And like they just kept sticking by it versus just making the product that people actually wanted. So that actually, that's the other point I'm glad you brought up to kind of just, you know, conclude some events on the, uh, geez, uh, conclude some thoughts on the event. This was Apple's opportunity to clarify their laptop line. I think that's what everybody anticipated <laughs> what they were going to do. This this was the chance to Apple for Apple to say, okay, 
We have an entry-level sub $1,000 laptop that now has a retina screen. We have a thinner, lighter, more portable MacBook that's a little bit more expensive. And then we have our Pro line. Makes a lot of sense. They did none of that. (laughs) Their new laptop was just a new version of the Air, which is not sub $1,000 and is, is more expensive. They continue to sell the old MacBook Air, which which is their only <laughs> laptop now under $1,000. Hashtag Tim Cook's Apple. Yep. There is still the MacBook, which is more expensive than the MacBook Air, which just, just naming-wise is confusing. There is a MacBook Pro now, which is basically the same price as the MacBook Air, but has a more powerful processor but is a little bit thicker and heavier and doesn't have touch id and but doesn't have touch id which the macbook air the new macbook air does and that's, and that's the, the 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 frustrating thing is the macbook air gets touch id without the godforsaken touch bar it's um yeah it's um and you know i don't know maybe maybe the nerds like us are the only people that actually think about this stuff and maybe maybe real people just go into an Apple store and they just kind of look to see what's there and they they don't give a shit if you can put all the products Ooh. in a, in a, in a neat row you on a slide <laughs> um yeah maybe they don't care but i i just i it's i find it hard to believe especially a company like Apple which is kind of you know i mean they're they're nice and tidy they've got the white walls and the pine desks and you know all this and and, genius groves and <laughs> right but they don't you you can't like the even just like sorting their sorting their take their max and like sort them just from like cheapest to best it's kind of hard to do well just pretend that you have like you're out you're out walking your dog and you and one of your neighbors knows that you're into technology and they're like oh yeah i need a new laptop like what do you even what do you even say do you, do you say, oh, would you like this laptop that's from 2011? Do you want this laptop that's from 2015 that's super light, but you can't uh, if you're charging it, you can't do anything else, and it's really slow? Do you want this new MacBook Air that's not as powerful as it could be, and it's also kind of expensive, but you know what? It's fine, and they probably won't update it for three years. Or do you want this computer with like this uh, weird uh, iOS screen on it that has like... There's like five different laptops now, and there's no consistent message of just saying, this is the one you need to buy. Well, and we, I mean, and, th- and this is true across Apple's entire product line, including the iPhone. I mean, we, you and I just dealt with this with, the, with, you know, friend, kind of a mutual friend that you and I have. <laughs> friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Yeah. 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 Um, where, you know, like when, when someone like, and this, this, this is what happened to us. When someone comes up to you and says, I have, you know, an iPhone five or five S or four, <laughs> like whatever. And like, I need a new iPhone. What do I get? Yeah, and I'm a here. I'm a, I'm a schmuck over here talking about black levels. Like, like that is like, what, not like a... yeah. Like I mean, like I'm, honestly, and I would put this out to anybody. Like if, if you have a friend come up to you and ask you what iPhone should I buy, like what do you say now? Like do do you do you say well there's this iPhone 10R which is which is like it is not cheap because it's like more expensive than like the Plus model was from a couple years ago, but is like the cheapest <laughs> new iPhone. But you have to like a bigger screen, 
But if you don't want that bigger screen, you can then get this other iPhone, the 10s, but it's more expensive because it has this different screen technology that has better black levels. Like, like, I mean, how do you even begin to explain that? And then the, the point of this being that across the Mac, across the iPhone, actually not across the iPad, the iPad, I think actually largely makes sense now, but yeah. What, what bizarre world are we living in where the iPad has the most clarity? Of any of that? <laughs> this is, this is the product line that just a handful of years ago literally had a product that was called the new iPad. It used to have, remember the iPad two was just hanging yeah, out forever. Right. Yeah. Because again, hashtag Tim Cook's Apple. But no, that's the thing where in in I I, I understand this this podcast half of the time is just basically just like talking upgrade, like it's like an AMC show. But yeah, like Jason uh, like brings this up all the time, where he's like he's when every time he talks about the iPhone um, 10R, his his main thing of like how you decide is you go to an Apple store and see if you like the size in your hand, which which is fine. And that's good, but like that's that's really difficult to explain what the two hundred fifty dollar difference is, where you have to say that if you want a reasonably sized phone uh, and you want current gen stuff, your only option is the thousand dollar iPhone XS. Otherwise, you have this funky iPhone eight that's maybe dead end technology with Touch ID, um, or you have the iPhone XR, which is a very very competent phone um, and has maybe more features than anybody thought it had any business having. But yeah, but like the only differences you can kind of succinctly tell people are, oh, yeah, it has a different screen technology where the black levels aren't as nice and the colors don't pop as much. And also the screen's not entirely pressure sensitive anymore. But yeah, but what, I, I never use 3D touch anyway. But yeah, but what's haptic touch? Like nobody nobody knows what that is. Like these just aren't distinct. These are distinctions without a difference. And then like it just, it just... It's really, it's really weird, and it seems unApple like. Just and, I, and I'm and I'm not going to do the whole what would Tim or what what would Steve do, but like I mean, it just feels like the, uh, they want to hit all price points, except they don't really, but they kind of do. Like I, I don't know, like like the iPhone Seven is still for sale. Well, I uh, I don't know that that part doesn't bother me as much, but like the the fact that you now have these three new iPhones where the one that has the middle-sized screen is the least expensive and comes in a bunch of different colors which the cool two, colors the, yeah which the two other more expensive phones don't like it's it's the coral is beautiful yeah it, it's this uh, it's such a it's such a confusing story and I, I only bring up the iPhone because it, it it's a it's a good example of what's happening with the Mac which well and, and it's the product that they they should care the most about cuz it's 59% of their revenues yeah right right um but i just oh, man it, it, both like like having some like retros you know retrospect now with both the iPhone and the Mac events like I've, Apple had a chance with both product lines to kind of really clarify the direction, and they they made both way more confusing. Which is, um, I don't know, maybe it maybe it matters a lot less than what we're making it out to be here. But man, I don't know. It just it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense from where I'm sitting. Yeah, like I. I, I th- Yes, the only way I'll backtrack is I will say I think the iPhone XR is a really smart product in a lot of ways. I just think when you have, if it existed in like its own, like if it didn't exist against the XS, like if it was just the iPhone 9 or something like that, like that, that would be, 
much more straightforward. And the fact that there's this new other ultra premium phone in the 10s and the 10s max like i think that's what makes it complicated like the iphone 10r on its own for apple which is just constantly in this struggle because apparently they don't care about unit sales anymore their whole um thing is uh, it, how do i spin this in a not rage filled way uh where they're trying to increase average revenue per customer um the 10r makes a lot of sense because you do get a lot for the money compared to a world where the new iPhone was every year for like the entry level um, storage capacity was almost always 650 to have the 10R that has great battery life, pretty good screen, defaults to 64 gigs of memory, good camera, like a lot of great stuff for 750 compared to the iPhone 10, which set for me kind of a concerning and alarming precedent. I think the 10R is a really promising product. I just think like the marketing narrative and in a quick, succinct way to explain to people what they want is challenging. And I think for a lot of customers, that might defer a lot of upgrades that they might otherwise do, which ultimately ends up hurting Apple. Yeah, I think that's well said. Um, and to, to circle back to your original question around unit sales... <laughs> is that what we talked about 40 minutes ago uh-huh uh-huh um i mean i i don't know i i think this is a this is an obvious thing for apple to do they're they're under no legal obligation to break out unit sales none of their competitors do it 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 doesn't tell the story that they want to tell because now it's all about average selling price it's not about unit sales so you know apple was was plenty happy to tell you about iPhone sales when unit sales were, you know, increasing exponentially year over year. But now that they're kind of just trying to squeeze more dollars out of each iPhone sold, unit sales don't tell the, the, that story that they want to tell. So do, so do you think that's the right strategy? Do you think Apple going for maximizing potential profits off of... I, I, I do, because the, the, the smartphone market is pretty saturated at this point. Well, sure, but but, the, but those have an inverse relationship where if you do make the product more expensive, that's going to prolong upgrade cycles. So that will shrink unit sales. So do you think ultimately making more expensive phones and working on fewer unit sales as a result of that, do you think that's the better option of the two? I mean, it, it's, it's working so far. So and I guess until we see otherwise, who am I to say that it's not going to work? You're an American. You are entitled to say whatever you want with <laughs> no basis in reality. Uh, mm -hmm. Blue wave. Um, uh, <laughs> chef special. I, I already did mine. So please tell me about your crimping tool. Well, so it's not a crimping tool, but I, I think you'll I think you'll like this one. Let me let me send you in the thing. It, it's it's very much uh, related. So you know, I mentioned. Oh, is this the wall thing? No, it's not. No. It's not. So I, I these I, little cappy things. I, I left that little part out. So I, you know, the the way that the Ethernet setup here works is, you know, obviously I've got my cable modem in the family room. It's connected to an Eero, and it's also connected to a gigabit switch. And then two of the uh, Ethernet cables coming out of that switch now are the two that you know connect to the other two Eros that run under the house, like I was explaining. And they, you know, they go out of the house through this two ethernet port jack that i installed in the wall which involved me literally cutting a hole 
in our, our rectangle in our drywall. But I, that actually went really, really well. So I was, I was, I was happy with that. Um, but no, so that that's not my pick. My pick is the most difficult part of this whole project was the actual termination of the Ethernet cables, which I think I made pretty clear when I was talking about it. And I originally had bought just kind of standard Cat6 plugs and was just having a hell of a time trying to fit the eight little wires into the plug. And so I, I, I looked around a little bit and Home Depot sells this kit, which is going to be my chef's corner, which we'll link to in the notes, which comes with these little, they, they, they call it like a, a sled and a guide, I think, that these little two plastic pieces that allow you to first separate some of the wires. And then once you've done that and straightened them out and gotten them into the right order, allows you to then slide this little piece over to kind of keep them in the right order. And then finally, that's where you put the plug on top and then crimp. So it, it, it's still a pretty <laughs> annoying process, but it makes it a, a ton easier. I, I'm probably not doing a great job of explaining it here. There's an, there's an awesome little two minute video that that's on the Home Depot website that shows how this works that I, that I think gets the message across. Um, but yeah, I mean, these things, while still a hassle, worked a whole lot better than, you know, just regular Cat6 caps did. So this is a funny recommendation just because if you're looking at the Home Depot page, only 37% of customers recommend this product. And there are an overwhelming majority of one-star reviews and everybody hates it. Like that's, that's super interesting because no, like, cause I remember like doing a crimping project where like, yeah, it is, it is difficult to kind of stick the, um, all eight cables and have them not like split into either not reaching all the way to the end of the plug or, um, like changing alignment and that kind of stuff. So that, man, that, that, this seems like a very polarizing product, but yeah, that, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah, I guess I I didn't read through a ton of the negative reviews. I saw a couple of people mention that it seemed like some unnecessary steps, but like again for me, and it, it, especially in my case because I was working with an outdoor rated cable, some of the casing was a little bit thicker and so it, mm -hmm. it was extra hard to kind of work with. <laughs> and so having having the the little sled part of this, you know, was the only way that I could, you know, make it work. Yeah. Mr. DIY user Old Blue says, these may actually be the worst product ever produced in any industry at any point in history. Yeah, that, that's that's weird. <laughs> that's weird. No, because I could see where this would be really, either really frustrating to use or um, make it way easier. That's, huh, this is, that's actually, this is a really cool product. For me, this, this made it way, way easier. Like, it literally made it possible. Like, I, I went from not being able to make anything versus being able to make all the cables that I needed. Uh, this is awesome. Um, yeah, I sent you a picture of somebody's pile of failed attempts. This, this is amazing. No, that, that, that's super cool. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's, that's really neat. 
Did you order these online or were you able to use the Home Depot app that you love so much to find these in store? I, so I, I ended, I probably got ripped off by buying them at Home Depot, but, um, it it was the, you know, it was that Sunday afternoon. I was like desperate to finish the project and just like, (laughs) you know, see if it, and again, I, I risked my life by crawling under the house. Like I wanted to actually like finish it and see if it worked. So I, yeah, I would drove over to Home Depot and, and, and pick these up. Nice. Oh, good stuff. Um, eighteen dollars. Wow. Yeah, but it comes it comes with enough for like twenty four plugs. So you know, like I only had to get rid of like two or three that I did. So, so is everything nice and tidy now, or is there still no? So it it looks the same as it looked when you came over. Where you know, obviously like one of the things you want to do is have plenty of excess cable in case something goes wrong. So either this weekend or next, I think I'm going to go through and and cut off a bunch of that extra cable and then, Mm -hmm. you know, re-terminate the ends. (laughs) All right. Very cool. Okay. And then even though I already did one, I'm going to because I keep forgetting about this. I've forgotten about this for months. Um, I have a quick thing. Uh, I want to give a pick to, um, peak designs rma process so i had an issue with my everyday messenger bag that i use for um, my laptop and my photography gear and there was an issue where like one of the bands i or one of the bands what am i thinking of um, i'm thinking about the apple watch um the like shoulder strap on one of the sides i guess like i wear it in a particular way where one side wore out after nine months a lot faster than the other side where i was making kind of a squeaking noise and um their warranty process was so insanely easy. Basically, I just said where I bought it, which was their own store, what was going on. And within 30 minutes, they had just shipped me a brand new one. And that's it. Wow. So I was like thinking like, oh, God, I have to, I have to like, do I have to be without the bag? Do I have to ship it? Do I, am I just going to be one of those things where I have to worry about return shipping uh, like each way and, and arguing my case and that kind of stuff? Nope. It was super simple. Like they have just like this um, form that's like, maybe like five pages long of like just saying like upload a picture of what's going on. Where'd you buy it? When'd you buy it? And kind of what's the deal. And yeah, within 30 minutes I had a thing. I'm just like, okay, let's just send you another one. So very, very cool. Um, that makes me really happy with the product that I bought and it's, yeah, it's pretty great. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I assume it's only a last while they're a small company and then eventually it's gonna, yeah. You know, they'll get bought by away from across the street and, yeah, I can't think of a good away joke, but yeah. <laughs> Blue Wave. 